This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. So, uh, hi, I'm Ross McLaren and I'm on the Big Scuba podcast with Gemma and Ian. And I'm very surprised to be asked and I feel, I feel really privileged to be on it with you guys. Welcome back to the Big Scooper podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Big Scuba podcast. My name's Ian. I'm one of the co-hosts. And my name's Gemma and I'm the other one. You're the other one, aren't you? And uh, yes, we're back. We are in the Ford Mustang uh, Mac-E sitting in Lowestoft, right on the beach. We are recording. So while we're recording, (laughs) you may hear... Um, other voices chirping in yeah it's a beautiful sunny day so there's plenty of people around there's people in the water it's actually the uh if you don't know the east coast um is a this actually looks really nice here today doesn't it yeah it's a nice shallow beach just here yeah it's um nice and blue out there we've got some we are looking out across the sea um next stop from us is probably holland holland yeah yeah um, but as we look out across the sea, we've got one, two, three ships and windmills. And Had jet skis go by. Yeah, and uh, we are literally about a half a mile from the most easterly point in the UK. Yeah, and so, about uh, probably eight miles from yeah, Great Yarmouth. Yeah, so if you look on the map, you'll see roughly where we're sitting. Anyway, so that's kind of setting the scene for this this episode, this podcast. We've got another guest for you. We have on this week's episode, we've got Ross McLaren. Yes, so he's from the west side of Scotland. It's a great Scottish name. He's, Ross he's got a great McLaren. Scottish voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's um, just um, just got into diving and photography and yeah, yeah, very loves, passionate. Loves his photography and uh, he's a science teacher or chemistry teacher. Um, <laughs> So he likes blowing stuff up. Yeah. Oh, no, they're not allowed to do that. No, they? no, health no. and safety and all that. Yes, health and safety at school. I was thinking back to my school days. But, yeah, Bunsen burners and all that sort of stuff. And he likes getting in the water and uh, having a dive and uh, especially doing some photography. And he's going to... He's come on board to tell us today about um, all his diving. Yes, and he's predominantly... a um cold water diver isn't he yeah yeah uh, especially up in scotland so uh, and not our first scottish guest we've no. had previous guests we had uh, elaine whiteford yes yeah produces back. some good scottish people yeah so uh, and um we are off to the farms in a few weeks um not quite scotland but it's right virtually on the border and uh, it's lovely diving up there. Yep, yeah. And I've just recently seen some Facebook posts of people diving in St Abs and just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, eight metre fizz. Yeah. So we we need to talk about the car. We need to talk about um, what been up to um, and anything else, really, plus um, any any sort of news as, mm-hmm. as, as well, don't we? 
Um, should we mention, should we talk about the car? Yeah, let's, well, the we're sitting in the Mackie car. Aren't we? we are. We So we are, we wanted to try to see what it's going to be like diving and using one of these electric, 100% electric cars because, you know, cost of fuel's going up, cost of living's going up. You know, is it going to be any cheaper um, running about in one of these? Now, um, first signs and first experience now living with this for the last couple of weeks is is it's good it's a lovely car to, mm. to drive yeah I'd say. well you had your first long drive in it didn't you to yeah, Stony so I was on dive master duty um, for Crystal Sea Scuba up at Stony Cove for the weekend now uh, managed to get there okay um, but I couldn't get home all on, on one charge no <laughs> now um, it's about 140 miles to Stony Cove from Bungie um, and I had enough to run around basically to get to Stony Cove, do the diving and then get back to Lutworth it was about another 10 miles um, before I had to then charge up which I did in the morning then went to um, back to Sunday. Stony Cove and then home but again I didn't I couldn't make home in one journey, mm. I had to stop um, at Thetford, which is about 40 miles from home. So it added time. Well, in fact, what it ended up doing, because this is a great car, you know, it's lovely interior, goes like a train, you know, really quick, 0 to 65 seconds, something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it will take all your dive gear and more. However, the, the, the however has been so far is the charger network. You know, I don't have a rapid charger at home. No, it's just um, been putting it into a normal... It'll take two days to charge. Mm. So commuting-wise, in my view, I don't think you can have one of these cars um, unless you've got a rapid charger at home. Yeah, yeah. You've got to think quite seriously about getting unless an electric vehicle. you're just doing small journeys, then, yeah, you probably could get away with it. But if you're doing, like, let's say, round trip 50, 60 miles a day for commuting... Mm. You're probably going to struggle. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not going to get you through the whole week on one charge. Mm. No. So, But people need to look into it. It's quite a big thing. Thinking yeah, about. I don't know why, but the government got rid of all the grants as well um, on these cars um, and on the charging, you know. So it was you know, a time when we need these things more, mm. um, you know, especially for the environment and things. The government has got rid of the grants. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. on a... But it's a really good, you know, I have to say it's been a really good, it was to dive with, but it took all the dive gear mm. um, and more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, so thank you to Ford uh, for letting us use this. Uh, Cost-wise, um, first charge at Stoney at the services cost about £40. That took me from about... 10 miles to 80%. Mm. So it was about from about 15% to 80%. That cost me about £40. And then I had to put about another £25 in to charge me to then be able to get home, which then basically let me then go to CrossFit in the morning mm. as well. Like that. So you could say it cost me about £65, £70 in charge to get to Stony Cove and back. And um, if you'd taken your other vehicle, how much? Um, well, I probably would have probably would have used a, near on a tank, I reckon, a de of fuel. So a hundred so, over a hundred pounds. 
well, in today's money, yeah, yeah, potentially, mm. yeah. Yeah, so, so it's, it's definitely, definitely saving. saving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's all good, and this car does get a lot of attention. And we I are think, just now, <laughs> and I think in red. Yeah, um, I've seen a blue one. I've seen a black one. But I think if you're looking around for Mustang Mac E, the red's uh, very the deep red and is very eye catching, mm. and that does you know does stop a lot of people to have a look. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that chap just walked by and he didn't know what it was, did no, he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> so uh, it's really really cool. Um, these have been around about a couple of years. So go to Ford's website if you're interested in 100%. They've got other. Uh, they've got like hybrid cars yeah, and things like that. Yeah. But if you want to go the four hundred percent mark for your diving, then have a look at the Mac E. Yeah, link will be in the show notes. So Other you can have a brands quick. are available. They are, but have a look at the Ford. Yeah, but uh, and thanks to Ford. Um, Okie dokie, paddleboarding. We've been paddleboarding. Yeah, we've been. They've got the McConks paddleboard, uh, the Explorer Eleven Four. So I've been out on that last weekend and this weekend. Yeah, what do you think to it? Love it. Yeah. Yep. Looks a nice board as well. Yeah, it's really. Uh, there's a really good pump that's come with it. Uh, that was extra, so that's a triple pump. Takes right. about seven, eight minutes to pump up. It's not like three cylinders. It works th- three ways, yeah. I think, and in and out. And uh, yeah, it yeah, just as you draw the handle up, it puts air in, and as you push the handle down, it also in. puts yeah. air in. Yeah, and then it gets the resistance gets harder, so you knock it down yeah. to two, and then knock it down to one. Yeah, but which is pretty cool actually. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, and it makes it easier to pump up than what I've been used to before. It's got a few divers who like paddleboarding. So yeah. that's you know, it's, 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 people might think, well, why are we talking about paddleboarding and diving? But there's quite a lot of divers who do like enjoy paddleboarding. Yeah, and it's involving you know those a- bits of water, the river, the lakes that we potentially do dive on, but we're on top of the water. Yeah. Maybe if you are thinking about di- uh, thinking about paddleboarding and you're a diver, perhaps let us know. Yeah, yeah, and definitely uh, check out McConks because they've got a very informative website and they're very into their sustainability. And and we've just done a YouTube and put that out there, so uh, give that a look. Yeah, see, see how it looks in action. Yeah, um, and that is it's, uh, snazzy. And when we go to Farn Islands, uh, um, I think we did last time, didn't we? Took our yeah. paddleboards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll yeah. hopefully be doing the same again this time, all being well. Yeah, have a little bumble out in the sea. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few people posting um, I've seen on uh, Facebook and what have you uh, they're now getting into North Norfolk in, around the diving, diving yes yeah yeah. so the season on the east coast or North Norfolk coast has begun yeah thank so, goodness yeah and it's all to do with visibility that's yeah. the only reason that we don't dive it you've probably heard us mention before that um, our diving window on this coast is actually quite short it's not we don't get long because of the the currents washed by the um, our coastline um, quite rig- rig- rigorously. Yeah, um, we're a f- very fine sand, so the visibility doesn't oh, clear very goes. quick. And I, I can think of a few dives when I've done that Wayborn there, and you dive down and it's been clear, and within the five minutes you just get hit by this wall of sand coming at you that's been washed up, you know, and the vis is gone mm-hmm. and then a couple minutes later it's back again you know it's, yeah. it's passed through yeah but some of our fellow friendly divers have been out and uh, yeah, visibility yeah, looks great nice, yeah since some nice photos uh, full of fish which is really really good to see yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're thinking about holidaying uh, around here 
um, a good group to look at is angling divers mm-hmm. um, who are regularly posting yep. um, or contact Crystal Sea Scuba or Scuba Libra um, in Norwich and um, either of them uh, two dive centres will uh, put you in contact with people who regularly dive off our coast. Yes, yeah, so there's uh, plenty to do. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, do, do that. Um, bookstores, should we talk about our bookstore? We've got, well, we've got a big scuba shop, haven't we? Yeah, we've got and a we've shop got a big on... scuba Amazon bookstore. Yeah, it's all on Amazon. So anybody we talk to and they've recommended books or they've actually um, been involved in producing a book, then we've popped we it in there. To the bookstore, don't yeah. We? So we've spoken to a couple of authors: um, yeah. Will Appleyard, Wild and Temperate Seas, uh, Confessions of a Dive Master. That was Chris um, from the Philippines. Yeah. So yeah, it's been uh, good. Eloquence of sardines. Yes. Yeah. Another Bill another Francois. Yeah. Yep. Um, so give that a look if you are interested. And the one for um, the Wild and Temperate Seas. That's a good book to like, mm. use as a tick list, isn't it? Yes, yeah. We've managed to tick a couple off, haven't we? We have. Yeah, yeah we need to do a few more there, like uh, Swanage Pier. That's another one that's yeah. in there, isn't it? Yeah, that's on the list for this year. So that'd be good. Um, and also, we need to... Um, we'll be bringing out a couple more T-shirts, uh, and that'll be in our scuba shop mm-hmm. um, when we do that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look out for... Yeah, the links are in the show notes and you can have a look at the books and get yourself some summertime reading. Yeah, yeah. And um, I see uh, Greenfins, they've got some news as well, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, they sent us a press bulletin and they're now into Japan. Which is they've really cool. widened their reach because they were yeah. more in Indonesia um, with all their Greenfins initiatives, but they've yeah. now yeah reached Japan, which is really encouraging because that's another, you know, big... It's an island, so it's obviously diving that happens around there. Oh, lots of wildlife, yeah, tourism. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's some, um, be be interesting to see how that all uh, pans out. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, another bit of news. Yeah. Okay, so go to Greenfins or look up their social media if you want get more information in that. We are, you know, I think we've got listeners in Japan, haven't we? Now we're mm-hmm. 116 countries on the last. That was on the last look. On was the he... last look, wasn't it? On our stats um, that we go out to. So, hello world. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've got any friends around the world, recommend them. It's a bit listen. mad, really, when you think about it. You know, we're just a couple of divers in in in, in Suffolk. You know rattling on about diving we're in, and that goes out to 116 countries yep how crazy is that if we're entertaining someone that's all that matters well it is yeah that's so, how we look at it yep. so, well, but there are so obviously good. our social media platforms instagram facebook twitter linkedin and then the youtube channel so that's where you'll actually get to see us yeah if you're not following us on particularly on instagram or youtube do give us a look mm. um perhaps you can you know follow us or subscribe it does help other people get you know find us and uh get help us spread the word so share uh, the love yep. share the love of diving so uh yeah that'd be good and send us a message say hello you just subscribed or hello where i am now a follower exactly. of you on instagram and if you've got any ideas for guests um we're always yeah welcome any suggestions yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're a diver send us a message let us know and uh, maybe we can get you on yeah if you listen back to previous episodes we don't just talk to big divers big names in the industry no. we will talk to anyone yeah absolutely if you've got a love for the water uh, then uh, 
that's the time to to tell us. Yep, Raise absolutely. your hand, say hello, and uh, we'll introduce you to the class. Yeah, no, we like hearing from everybody. Right, let's get our guest on, shall we? Yes, this is Mr. Ross McLaren, so, yep. and he's going to talk about... Oh, Chemistry. He, yes, yeah, he talks a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> right, let's do it. Okay, this is Ross McLaren. Ross right. McLaren, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. Uh, for our listeners, do you want to just introduce yourself and say who you are and why you're on the podcast? Sure. Um, so, as you say, thanks very much for having me. I'm Ross McLaren, and I'm, I guess I'm really here to talk about diving in Scotland, um, you know, try and raise awareness of what so many people just don't realise is, is beneath our water lines. What I do always say to everybody, whenever I'm talking about diving, whenever I'm talking about my photography and stuff, I am absolutely not an expert, by the way. This is just me with a camera taking photos. I'm not an expert in diving. I'm not an expert in marine biology, the history, photography. I, I wouldn't. I don't even really class myself as a photographer. I'm a guy with a camera that takes hundreds of photos in the hope that one of them is is semi decent that I can maybe <laughs> post on social media. And hey, Ross, that's enough. You know, because if you if you've got an interest in diving and you know you like taking some some photos and sharing it with people and it gets people into dive and think you know let's give that a go that's enough isn't it really it starts so many conversations i mean the, the conversation started itself that oh i go scuba diving in scotland is is enough to get conversation <laughs> yeah um, most people start with seriously are you are you crazy um that usually how it starts and then when you can kind of show show some photos and people start to go is that really there? Is that, is that really? Is that Scotland? Is, is really? Yeah. And you go, yeah, it is. You know, I think it's one of these things that if if you don't see it, you just don't imagine. You just can't imagine that it's there. I mean, as I say, I'm definitely not an expert. I'm really, really, genuinely not. So let's talk about you. So <laughs> you're you're married. You're a chemistry teacher, are you? Yes. Well, allegedly, I, I, sure. I attempt to teach. Children. I've got to ask. What's your favourite experiment? We uh, blow things uh, up. Uh, Anything yeah. that goes. Yeah. Kaboom or smokes? The, the, the screaming gummy bear, where where you put a, a nice gummy bear into a bit of potassium chlorate and you melt the potassium chlorate and you put the gummy bear into it and it, it gives a lovely, lovely reaction. When oh, you awesome. The gummy bear starts to scream and it starts to go in fire. It's great fun. Do you do, do you still make the, the volcano? I don't know yes. what it was. It was magnesium, wasn't it? Is that more magnesium? Well, magnesium we use to, we can burn magnesium. So it's more like, it's actually quite similar to what we use in flares and what we use in sparklers, the magnesium. The 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 other one, uh, I haven't done it for a long time. It's something like sodium carbonate, I think, bicarbonate of soda and vinegar or something like that. I think it's been a long time since I've done the one with the volcano. But oh yeah, there's, there's certainly a few experiments. The, the alkaline metals and water is a favourite as well, where you get yeah. to put bits of metal in and it, it catches fire fire and the kind of awesome. yeah. we can like, still like, do all that at school um yes <laughs> yes <laughs> let's just say yes and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as it's risk assessed and, and as long as you take precautions yeah wear the appropriate ppe and yes all that absolutely stuff. yes fire yeah. extinguisher handy yes and turn the smoke alarm off <laughs> awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm a, a chemistry teacher from the west coast of Scotland, and yeah, I'm married and recently just became a dad. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you very much. In uh, Boxing Day of all times, oh, uh, wow. tiny, tiny baby Hannah decided to make an appearance a wee bit early, um, so she arrived in, in Boxing Day. So yeah, um, 
chemistry teacher of West Coast of Scotland, married, dad, and uh, part-time scuba diver, um, hey. basically, and, and get out as much as I can, as much as yeah. often, which is slightly less at the moment, you know, as opposed to being a family of three, but um, we're, we're really determined not to to let it stop us doing stuff, you know. Mm. One, one of the big things for me was when, when I told people we were pregnant and we were having a baby, everyone used to, to say, all right, when are you selling your kit? Oh, well, that's the diving finished. Yeah. It, it was funny, you know, people people always laugh about it and stuff, and, and you know, they're trying to be funny, but it gets a bit great and it gets a bit wearing after a while and yeah. you start to get really quite frustrated with it. So we, we've kind of made it our mission. So Rachel, my wife, she, she also dived, but not quite as into it as I am. Yeah. We kind of made it our mission that it's not going to hold us back and we're going to take Hannah to the dive sites with us and we've got a wee camper van that we got before the first lockdown um, and we're going to take that with us and we're just going to have family days out. So Yeah, that's uh, fab. Yeah. That's, that's the plans for the summer. Um, and yeah, so uh, I've been diving for six years. What made um, you get into diving then? So the dive, well, diving itself's always been something that I really wanted to do. Um don't really know why, but just there's something about the water that I always thought I really, really fancy this. Um, so when I was younger, I did a few tri dives, like when I was like 12 and 13. Um, yeah. My dad, so it was just myself, I'm not I'm only a child, so we were away on holiday in places and we would do it in the pool. And eventually I convinced my mum and dad to let me go in the, you know, let me go in the open water for a tri dive, which I went with nobody else. My dad didn't want to go, my mum didn't want to go, so we, they dropped me off at this random dive centre and they took oh, wow. us out to this bay and, you know, Nowadays, people probably would never let them do it, but mum and dad, but like, yeah, yeah, okay. Say that again. How old would you have been? I think I was about 13 at the oh. time, 13 or 14. I don't think I was as old, it must have been 13. Yeah, they did, they did eventually come in, you know, the, the dive center took us out to the wee place and we did the wee swim and stuff like that. And then mum and dad did walk along to meet us there and stuff, but you know, it's always been there. And it wasn't, funnily enough, it wasn't until six years ago that we actually I actually eventually got round to um, getting certified and, and the idea funnily enough was never to really dive in the UK you know UK mm. diving was kind of something that I fell into by accident um, I've got family in Australia uh, okay. and uh, they had offered us to go out go for the summer and we thought well that's, that sounds great and obviously go to Australia where you go and dive the Great Barrier Reef and what we had thought was right well we'll get certified in Scotland before yeah. we go so we don't have to spend like a week or whatever it is a few days learning to dive yeah we'll, we'll get our certification in Scotland um we'll do a few dives before we go out to Australia and then we'll do most of our diving abroad you know in holidays yeah. and stuff like that um which which I think really did eventually become the best thing that we did. Um, sadly, the, the trip to Australia never went ahead. Things, you know, life got in the way and bits and pieces happened and stuff. We absolutely loved it and, and I really, really took to it. So we just started diving. We joined a club. So we did Paddy first, which was great. Uh, we joined a local club um, in Kilmarnock, which is a wee bit away from a town, a wee few towns over from us. Yeah. And, and it's been the best thing. Honestly, you know, everyone... I know there's the whole kind of which which agency is the best and you know who do you go do you do club diving do you do you know and do you know do we, I always say to folk do what's right for you but joining the club was the best thing that we did it's been so yeah, it's opened so many avenues mm. and, you know we've met friends I mean I think I've you know you talk to loads of people in diving and they always talk about meeting friends like you know that become friends for life and, and we genuinely have through the club and yeah. through the life and it's been absolutely brilliant. So yeah, I kind of accidentally fell into British diving, if I'm being honest, and Scottish diving. It was more always kind of aimed at the kind of 
the warmer <laughs> the warmer water diving. Um, yeah. And ironically, the only warm water diving we've only ever been in two holidays abroad, and it was both to Mallorca twice, and that's the only warm water diving we've actually ever done. We've never managed to go anywhere else exotic, if you like. Yeah, so you're a real cold water diver. Yeah, yeah it's uh, yes, I suppose. I'll as a we'll dive anytime, or I say I'll dive anytime as well. I always remember people joining the club and saying, "Oh, so what's your kind of diving season?" And and the other guys in the club are great. They're like, "What's a dive season?" And like, what, do you, what do you dive during the winter? And I'm like, "Uh huh. Why would you know it?" So yeah, we we've kind of kind of kind of turned into this person that will just dive in any weather. Um, I've seen myself kind of smashing some of the ice in the sea locks. Obviously not too thick, but you know just. You're, you can hear the, the ice cracking under your, oh, wow. under your feet as you go <laughs> in and stuff like that. It's not anything crazy. It's it's a tiny little layer, but I've seen myself yeah. do that. And I, yeah, usually we go out for a dive between Christmas and New Year and stuff. It's it has, as I say, I've kind of fallen into this this UK diving, Scottish diving by accident. But it's yeah. probably been one of the best things I've I've done. You know, yeah, That's brilliant and stuff like that. But. And, and having a baby and stuff, you know, is one of the best things I think I've, I've done. And You're well, so enthusiastic. Well, yeah. I, I love talking about diving. And, you know, it's it's one of these things that I get so kind of passionate about. And so, yeah, yeah, sorry. If I keep talking, just just stop me. There's a podcast, <laughs> so it's fine. But at any point, honestly. Yeah. So your initial uh, experiences of diving in Scotland uh, were you a bit apprehensive or did you just like throw yourself in and um I, I'm one of these folk that just kind of throw myself in and as long as it's nothing to do with heights anything to do with heights I refuse to do but anything else I just kind of throw myself into it and, and see what happens yeah um Rachel, my wife, she, she was a bit more nervous. She took a wee bit longer to get to get certified and she needed a couple of extra sessions and stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. I would right, come on, let's go. I'll, let's get it done. And yeah, that's cool. We'll do that. Um, there was a couple of things that we struggled with, the kind of usual stuff like math skills and stuff at the very, yeah. very start. And, you know, my, my first, my open water weekend was, well, I think it was wetter on the surface than it was under, under the actual <laughs> oh, wow. itself. It was just... We were in the Friday night beforehand and we were looking at the weather forecast and you could just see these clouds going right over Loch Long. You could just, we were just looking at it. Oh my God, what are we doing? Um, and the so what, what level have you got to? So um, I did Paddy, Open Water and Advanced. Yeah. And we swapped over to Scotsack, which is the Scottish equivalent of BZAC. Yeah. Right. That takes me, I'm now up to Master Diver, which is 40 metres Okay, and, and I'll be totally honest with you. The only reason that I did that was quite simply to to go to Scapa Flow, um, kind of courses and stuff like that. I, yeah. I don't, I've I've done all the ones that I kind of have to do. The guys in the club for ages have been kind of saying to me, oh, "Come on, and do instructor. We need some more instructors." And I'm like, "No, I really don't want to." You know, mm. there's a selfish side of it. I'll be honest, there is a selfish side. Um, I always kind of say to them, "Look, I teach Monday to Friday." Diving is my kind of escape. Yep. You know, I like to go diving at the weekend and take my camera and just look at the fish and look at the life. And, and you know, that's, that's, you know, and it is really, there is a self, it's totally selfish side of it. And eventually I will, I, I know I could do it if, if I wanted to, I put my mind to it, I, I could. It would take me a wee while to get it all. But mm. at the moment, I'm kind of focusing just on enjoying it, you know. Yeah. Why, but why that's why the main not? thing, isn't it? Yeah. And- uh-huh. 
and yeah. it's really what's right for that's what people ask you know should i do this and should i do that and I don't know why they ask me because i've got no expertise really if but your heart's not in it um exactly you, you you know it will come through in your teaching i'm, sure, I'm pretty sure of that exactly so, exactly i mean yeah. I, I'm, I'm dead passionate about it but at the end of the day when it comes to the diving itself I, I like to focus on my photography and i like to focus on taking hundreds and hundreds of photos you know <laughs> Yeah. So you started, obviously, your underwater journey. So where did picking up a camera, what, why did that start? I think it was because, in all honesty, I think it was because my family, my parents were like, what are you doing? Why are you going diving in Loch Long and Loch Fine? What is there to actually see? And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go and get a really cheap GoPro and I'm going to show you what there is to see. You know, so I started off with, do you know I think it was the GoPro one and it was like no screen on it or anything, you know, there was no yeah. screen on it. It was quite literally point at the subject and literally hope for the best. So I started off with the GoPro and was trying to show people, you know, this is what's here, look at what's here. And like my, my work colleagues and stuff are like, gonna stop posting photos of the same crab. Stop <laughs> posting photos of crabs, you know, I go into work on a Monday morning and I'm like, can you just stop? Here's a crab. Stop Here's posting. another crab. Yeah, there's, look, look, oh, look, there's a starfish and there's a crab, you know, and the problem was the photos are, the photos were terrible at the start. They really, really were. So I kind of progressed on to the, a slightly better GoPro. I, I'm, what you'll, what you'll find is I am very much the magpie of diving. If it's, <laughs> okay. if it's new, I want it. Um, I always, the, the phrase, all the gear and no idea, I always say this to everyone, that was written about me. I have got, if it's shiny and it's new, I want it. Do I need it? No, but I really, <laughs> I, I want it. Um, Rachel hates it. She well, I think most of us it. divers are like that, though. If we, if there's a new bit of kit coming out, we're like, oh, that looks like, nice. That looks really good. I really want yeah. that. And, and so I always, you know, so I moved up to the, Go, the, the GoPro Hero 7 and I started doing some videos and photos and that was great. And then, I, you know, as you... I was never really into Instagram and stuff like that. I was really just Facebook. And then I, we started Instagram. I started looking at other underwater photographers and I thought, wow, these guys' photos are incredible. I mean, then you were looking at my photos and going, they didn't take those photos on a, a GoPro. So I thought, right, okay. Then you then you enter the rabbit hole that is underwater photography. And <laughs> where do you go? I mean, there are so many different, different cameras and different bodies and different housings and different lights and you think oh man no so what and have you expensive. moved on to now yeah. what you what's so, your main stay for, for photography so i recently changed to the olympus epl9 which okay. is a, like a step above the tg6 and the compact cameras like the sony rx 100s and the canon g9s and the canon g7s but it's a step below the bigger DSLRs like the Sony, um, like the Sony A7s and the Nikon DSLRs and the Canon DSLRs. So it's it's a mirrorless somewhere in between. It's a mirrorless. Really yeah, it is a mirrorless. It's a micro four thirds. So I think all Olympus cameras are micro four thirds. So the the main ones for Olympus is like the EM1, which is their kind of big. That's their flagship model, which I think is now the OM1. They've got the EM5, they've got the EM10, and then you've got the, the, the pen cameras, which right. kind of they're, they're more marketed as like kind of vlogging cameras for like Instagram users. Yeah. But I found I was looking to upgrade from my Canon. So the Canon G9X is, is a fantastic camera. It's a great wee camera. And there are so many people that are doing amazing photography with it. Um, I don't know if you guys have come across Georgie Bull and uh, James Lynott. 
right? No, you need no, to check no. these two guys out. So Georgia Grove is down south. Um, she's she's phenomenal. Her photos are taken in the Canon G9. They are amazing. And uh, James Lyon is up here. He's up in Scotland. Um, has he does fluorescent photography? Honestly, his his work is incredible. He uses blue lights um, to get the phosphorescence as opposed to just the normal shots. He uses the G7, the Canon G7. Uh-huh. What well, being me being me wanted something new, but it was like you know a champagne taste on like you know. You didn't like the. Uh, did you try anything like the Sony RX100 or anything? Like so that? The, 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 the Canon G9 and the Sony RX100, the kind of G9 and the G7s and the Canon are kind of on par with the Sony. Yeah. Um, kind of on par. So I wanted to go somewhere into the kind of interchangeable lenses. I wanted right. to go into the DSLR, but I couldn't really afford that, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I also didn't want the big, the big bulky size as well. I was quite mm. happy with the compact size. So this Olympus, the EPL9, um, kind of ticked all the boxes, you know. It, it had the, the kind of DSLR features, it had the interchangeable lenses, but the housing and the camera itself was about the same size as my Canon. So I did a lot of research, um, and eventually I thought, I'm going to bite the bullet here and I'm going to just give this a go. Um, so yeah, so I've moved over to that with uh, it's called an AOI housing. It's, yeah. I think it's, I think the, the guys at AOI actually make the fantasy housing. That usually go along with um, the G9s, uh, the the G9, the Canons, and stuff like that. So I spent a while um, looking that up, and I've kind of moved across to that, and I love it. It's it's really really good. I think the Olympus is is a very very underrated camera system overall. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's because of the the sensor size. Everyone wants full frame sensors and and APS-C sensors and stuff. We can go into all these details. But the micro four thirds, a lot of people kind of look down on a little bit. But I actually ended up changing all my camera. So I do a little bit of kind of land photography. Again, not a photographer. It's just literally a bit of a nice big camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a big camera, it takes big pixels. Um, so I actually ended up getting rid of all my Canon stuff and just moving across to the Olympus. So I've now got my big Olympus kind of, if you like, DSLR camera and my wee Olympus underwater camera as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get right into the photography. I kind of sometimes talk about it, and it sounds like I know what I'm talking about, but honestly, I, I really, really genuinely don't. Know. Yeah, but you've got the passion, haven't you? Yeah, I yeah. love, I love talking about them. I mean, I'll talk about cameras and I'll talk about photography for ages. And how many divers are there out there who don't go in with a camera? <sighs> there are so, yeah. No, I mean, there's not many. I think that you know anything. Whatever you're comfortable with, this is, you know, people ask, you know, what should I go with and what should I use and stuff like that. You know, the guys in the club say, you know, go with whatever you're comfortable with. You know, yeah. if it's a GoPro, take a GoPro. The guys in the club send me photos. Um, I kind of do the, the kind of social media stuff, just like the Facebook page for our club page. And for a long time, it was only my photos that were getting posted. And I had to eventually say to the guys, look, why is nobody sending me photos? And the, the answer was, oh, well, well, yours are better. And it's, like, it's not about be- whose is better. It's about just shows what there is. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, if you enjoy using your GoPro, great. If you want to move on to a, a bigger camera, great. But it's just such a fun thing to do. I think as well, when you start photography, it makes you appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, and yeah. I think... You, you can be quite nervous about having another something to think about when you're diving, you know, exactly my well, thing. Is, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing you ought to be thinking about is, is how much 
more you add into your diving mm. you know, and that was a big thing for you wasn't it yeah yeah and you know I was worried about where do you put it on your BCD and you know am I going to be able to get at it and yep. so you know we've started with the TG6 and Olympus and I can't believe how easy it is to use under the water in the housing it is just as, amazing as, yeah. as uh, one of my friends the other uh, in fact he was a wee while ago um, and he was asking the same thing, you know, what, what do I go with? And I said, well, I've used the Canon, and I know a lot of people use the Olympus. Just have a wee shot, go and find somebody that's got one and ask them to have a wee shot of it. You know, as you say, you, you kind of add to your kit all the time, and you do get a bit nervous, because that's that's the same as me. I still don't want to take a big DSLR camera, because yeah. I'm comfortable. I, I put mine, if you like, I've got two straps that come off my shoulder, yeah. my shoulder uh, D-rings, and I know that I can clip one of them on and it'll hold it. Yeah. And I know that if I really have to, I can drop that camera and it's not too big and bulky that I can still do everything else that I want to. Whereas in my head, I know that if I have a big, big DSLR, you know, that comes with a big housing, all the lights and, you know, like three or four lights that a lot of these guys go in with, I know my limits and I think, no, maybe that's just a bit much for me. Yeah. I think you, you, you get yourself comfortable. That was... A couple of people have said quite early on, oh, I want to take a camera underwater with me. And these are kind of folk that are just starting diving. And you say, look, enjoy the diving first. Yep. Yeah. Photography will come. Absolutely. Start with a GoPro. Start with a wee cheap knockoff. There's nothing wrong with that. And then build yourself up. Yeah. Um, That's great advice. As, as you were saying there as well, Jeremy, you were saying, you know, it's using it underwater too. Mm. And, and it's getting used to not even just holding it, but the buttons that are involved. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably in terms of photography, I'm quite not unorthodox, but I, I don't conform to what you probably what is the right way of doing it. So um, with still photography, a lot of people say you've got to be on manual sense. You know, you've got to, you've got to be fixing your shutter priority, your aperture, your ISO. See, for the first two or three years, I had it in auto. I mean, yeah. actually, yeah. I had it in auto and I pressed the button and I hope for the best. <laughs> honestly and, and the other one is with still photography everyone says you should be using strobes or not everyone but it, it's kind of the, the, the thought is that for still photography you should be using strobes like you would be using a flash as, as opposed to video lights and again I don't want to be faffing about with strobes and fixing the power of the strobe and, and it's all money it's more money so I just bought two relatively expensive video lights and I turn them on and, and again people go well shouldn't you be using strobes and I'm like well it, it works for me yeah, yeah. you know yeah. having the camera in auto and putting my video lights on worked for me I mean yeah. the photos that I get I've been relatively happy with I mean they've been shared various different places you know that they've been kind of published in various different places and they weren't you know I didn't mess about with settings underwater it was Lights were turned on, the camera was pointed at whatever it was. And Same for us. We don't really get into the whole settings and stuff. No, automatic. At some stage, probably will. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, at the minute, it's just getting used to the camera. That's exactly the same as me. So what, what I eventually did last summer was I, I thought I've spent so much money. I sat down and counted up how much money had had spent. <laughs> yeah, went, scary. Yes. Um, Rachel wasn't anywhere near me at the time, so I did, <laughs> I did this... I did this in a, a locked room um, and I thought to myself, do you know what? I've spent a lot of money on this photography stuff and not just underwater, but for like yeah. out and about hill walking and stuff. Maybe I should do something actually 
for me, for, for my skills. So yeah. it's taken me years, but I went to a, a night class for six months at the local right, college, cool. and I just did an introductory to um, photography class. Wow! And, and, the, and it was it was brilliant. Um, it taught me how to you know it was it was studio shooting. It was outdoor shooting. It wasn't underwater photography, no. but I thought, but I could take what I learned there. Yes. Yeah. Over the kind of six months, what I would do is I would go right, okay. So I learned about I've learned about shutter speed this week. So yeah. what I'll do is I'll turn it on to shutter priority underwater. So then or I could mess about with how fast or slow the shutter speed speed was and let the camera do the rest of it. Yeah. And gradually I would build it up to a now shoot in manual. But that's only because I've gradually built up to it. You know, it's knowledge, isn't it? And you, yeah. it's uh-huh. it is another whole nother skill level photography if you want to learn. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah. You're serious about it. And do you know something? Some of my favourite images are still the ones that I took on auto. That's what I say yeah. to you. Um, I've got, in fact, one of the, the images that everyone keeps bringing up is I've got one that's actually, it's a screen grab off a GoPro and it's a fireworks and enemy that looks like a face. Oh, wow. Actually, I've just, I've obviously brought the, the GoPro across. Yeah. And I've obviously just caught it at that right moment. I didn't even know I'd done it at the time. And when I got home, I was flicking through and, oh, my God, that looks amazing. <laughs> I've got a photo of uh, a cuttlefish, my, my only ever photo I've ever managed to see of my only ever cuttlefish, Bobtail Squid, and it was it was on auto, and I still love it, and I still yeah. go back to it, and I still edit it now and again, tweak things. As I learn a little bit more about editing photos, I go, right, okay, well, that was taken ages ago, and I've posted yeah. it a couple of times, but maybe I could, if I never have learned this wee trick, maybe I'll change this, and it, you know, it's, it's all about learning, and it's, it's doing... Yeah, and having a go. Makes what you're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, there is no pressure. People will always tell you. Listen to people's opinions and listen to people's advice. But I always say to folk, listen, remember, it's 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 up to you. You do yeah. what's comfortable for you. Yeah. So the TG six is a great camera to to be starting with, and I say starting with. It's not even starting with to be using just in general. It's such a cracking wee camera. I've, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about where you're diving. You know, you so you're based up the northwest of yes. Scotland um, and you, you've already mentioned a couple of the locks. Are they freshwater? Are they salt? They locks? are. Uh, locks, sorry. You know, what they're like to dive, you know, uh, we've never dived locks. And no, not I'm pretty yet. sure many of our listeners have probably not dived at any of the locks. Well, what I would say straight away is if you ever get the opportunity, come up and see it. It is, you know, I think we become very numb. Do you know that way where, you, where, you, where you're used to something? You go, oh, this is a bit rubbish. I've seen this before. But see if you've never experienced them. They are great. Um, so we are just, uh, so they're all sea locks, which means they open out into the Clyde. Yeah. yeah. And we're just past Loch Lomond. So come out of Glasgow, you're about 35, 40 minutes from Glasgow. So you're quite sent to the central belt. Um, generally the ones that I tend to focus, uh, dive mainly is Loch Long and Loch Fine. so the best way to describe that is they are just the two lochs to the west of um, pardon me, sorry, Loch Lomond and yeah. both lochs are fantastic, they've got an array of dive sites on them, so Loch Long is probably one of the most dived, probably one of the most dived lochs in Scotland, if not the most, and if you ever do a course if you ever do your open water in Scotland, chances are it'll be Loch Long or Loch Fine that you do it. Yeah. So 
main kind of dive sites in Loch Long is one called A-Frames or Finnert, which is an old oil terminal. I say an old one, there is actually still an oil terminal there, but it's an old pier that was blown up. And so you can still see like the A-Frames from where the pier was and stuff like wow. that. And it's such a fantastic dive site. I mean, there are, you know, you've got so much life. You've got the frames to go around. Okay, it's popular. And if you go on a Saturday, um, the kind of standing joke in Scotland is it's busier than Socky Hall Street on a Saturday. Really? <laughs> it's a famous street in Glasgow that's really, really busy. So are they show dives? Are, oh, yeah. They... So the sea locks are show dives. Yeah. Wow. You've yeah. got a few up the top of the lock, um, up it towards a place called Arica, um, which actually has three really, really... Um, really uh, popular uh, hill walks called the Cobbler and um, Ben Eamon, Ben Derain. And they actually look directly over these couple of dive sites at the top. I, and honestly, again, you're talking, they're short dives, relatively entry, uh, easy entry and exits, uh, mostly kind of rocky reefs. So you've yeah. got your usual, um, you've got your usual crabs and starfish and, and things like that. But very often you get things like conger eels. Um, well, there's wow. one, one dive site called Conger Alley. Um, so you can imagine where it gets its name from. Um, you're getting lobster. Loads of nice big lobster. And you're also getting, now and again, there is a very, there's a resident octopus, which is nice. I mean, it's not, not overly common up here in Scotland. Mm. Not, not, certainly not in the locks that we dive all the time. But there's a resident octopus that kind of hangs about at one of the dive sites. So if you're really lucky, um, you'll catch him. Uh, Unfortunately for me, I was very lucky in cotton. Um, I just might have forgot to take my camera that day. No. I turned up to the dive site and I had my cat. I built up the camera at home and just lifted the camera, the house and the lights into the car. And I just put it in the car and I got there. And I thought, all right, I better just quickly double check um, that I've got a new memory card in it. And I opened up the housing at the dive site. Uh, yeah, the camera wasn't there, so I was very, very <laughs> <laughs> got in the water. I phoned my wife and she went, yeah, your camera's sitting here. And I <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's sitting in the kitchen table here. And I'm like, yeah, take it you don't fancy, you know, driving up with it. And she's like, I'm not driving an hour and a half to give you your camera. No. Yeah, so, uh, yeah that was the day that the lobster, that the octopus was really out and, and showing off his stuff. Always <laughs> um, away. Always. There's Loch Fine as well, which is just slightly more west to Loch Long. By the way, the drive to these these places are alone are, is incredible. So the drive oh, up okay. the side of Loch Lomond is just brilliant. And then you drive kind of through the hills a little bit to get Yeah, to, I bet. It must be amazing. You know, honestly, this is what I mean as well when we get kind of numb to what, what you're used to. You know, we, we, we're so spoiled, I think, at times that we become just like kind of What's the word I'm looking for? Blase about it? Maybe not blase is the right word. Well, it's just natural for you. It's your yeah. landscape, yeah. isn't it? So. Again, a cr- couple of cracking uh, dive sites in Loch Fine. You know, you've got wall dives, you've got sh- all, all shore dives again. Um, so you've got these kind of nature ones, all kind of life-based. But on top of that, we've also got the Clyde. And the Clyde is phenomenal. There's Really? <laughs> so the Clyde has got over 250 wrecks in it. And wow. there is some phenomenal diving in the Clyde. Um, there isn't many boat charters, funnily enough, and the best one, easily the best one, and the one that we always go out with is a guy called Jason Coles at Rexpeditions. And I don't know if you've ever come across him, but I would certainly suggest looking Rexpeditions up and maybe even getting him on to talk about the Clyde diving. The so depth-wise, where are where So this is where there becomes a wee bit of an issue with the Rex and the Clyde. A lot of them are a little bit deeper, so you're kind of talking around the 25-plus metres. Um, right. 
here. There is a few at 20 odd metres, but you're kind of talking about 25, 30 metres for, for the majority. Mm. Um, I mean, there's uh, the couple of wrecks in the Clyde, you're talking like the Acker, the Dredger, the Wallacha, and there's another one that's just totally left me there. These are the kind of the main wrecks in the Clyde, and they are phenomenal. I mean, the Acker is a cracking wreck. Um, and then there's Loch Striven, which is well, uh, we go with Jason. So Loch Striven is slightly further west again. And this is this this one, this is absolutely this is this is my favorite. It's where they did the um testing for the bouncing bombs. Well, sorry, not the actual bouncing bombs, but what they call the highballs. Right. So what, you know the bouncing bombs for the dam busters? Yeah, well, Barnes Wallace actually designed another bomb called the highball. Which was designed to ship to sink the the turpits. Yeah. Um, it was the German battleship in the Norwegian fjords. Yeah. And what they actually did during the Second World War was they took a French battleship up Loch Striven, and they moored her in the middle of Loch Striven, and then they got like the Wellington bombers and the Mosquito bombers to fly up Loch Striven from Tum- uh, from Tumbury, I believe, and Air, and they would fly up and they would basically drop these bombs and they kind of acted in the same way as the bouncing bomb. They would spin and they would bounce along and then they would hit the they would hit the the ship was a curve but it was the turpets if you think if you like yeah. and it would it was to test these bombs out. So there's about two hundred odd of these bouncing bombs if you like or the highballs still lying in Loch Striven. Wow, they're fantastic to dive on. Just the history is amazing. Yeah. Um, is just incredible. I mean, it's, it's these things that when you tell people, they go, really? Is, is that there? Um, and, and honestly, being able to go and see these things, you know, you, you go down and these these are just, they look like just big granite balls, basically. But, wow. you know, when you start to look a bit closer at them and you just go, oh, wow. And, and when you start telling people, people go, I never knew that was there. You know, and you go, well, yeah, it is. This is the kind of thing that people just don't realise. Yeah. But that's another good thing about diving. You're now learning that history, aren't you? Yeah. You wouldn't have ever known that. This is, I love history. Personally, this is like, it was either going to be chemistry or history that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> Not much difference there. The UCAS application was great fun <laughs> trying to do that. Um, the history of like this, you know the Scottish locks as well. I mean, not just the nature, but the history of them is just phenomenal. I've been, I've actually been really lucky, um, and I say lucky because it is luck that I've I've been able to work with the BBC in Scotland as well as part mm. of their online platform. It's called BBC the Social, so they do it's a whole load of different things, and they do some comedy sketches and stuff like that, and they do things about outdoor living and things. So I've, I've actually been able to work with them and kind of write, record, produce, and present it's <laughs> um, amazing present. where that's led you uh-huh. it's, it's, it's just this is where everything's kind of led from just you know my open water to taking a gopro like the first ever gopro underwater to being able to suddenly i'm kind of like recording these daft videos you know talking about the history and stuff and people are watching them all around the world and going oh is that scotland is, is that really and, I'll, and I, keep, I keep coming back to it and I just say, look, I'm not an expert, I'm not a historian, I'm not a marine biologist, I'm, not, I'm definitely a <laughs> water cameraman, do you know what I mean? I am just somebody that's taken a GoPro and went, look what's here, this is what we've got, you know, so that's that's the kind of west coast around, if you like, the kind of central belt in Glasgow, but the further yeah. up you go, you know, go drive a bit further up to like Sabalahulish and through Glencoe, you know, people, thousands of people drive through Glencoe every year 
Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. I've been up there around Fort William and that. It's really lovely. In fact, Spring Watch at the minute, um, they're doing a thing on the island of Mole. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, that's uh, quite interesting as well at the moment. But the diving, um, nobody, focus, nobody looks at what's under the water. Nobody, yeah. nobody really has a look at what's under the water. You know, Scotland is known for our, I always put this in as well, you know, your rugged landscapes, your epic, epic mountains and stuff. But nobody looks at what's under the locks. There is yeah. much life. So you go through Balahulish, you, sorry, you go through Glencoe and you come to Balahulish and you've got Loch Leven that runs through Balahulish and the diving in Loch Leven is incredible. Wow. You've got two or three dive sites in Loch Leven that, that are just just phenomenal. You've got wall dives and you, it's like dogfish everywhere. There's, there's rays. Um, and you just think, I wish people would just... I wish somebody like you know, Monty Halls or Springwatch or The One Show, somebody would come up and go, let's put a camera in there and let's go and yeah, see yeah. the water. Because, you know, we're never going to be the castle. What's the visibility people. like up there? Well, this is, the, this, is, this is really the problem and probably why people don't do it quite so much because it's so variable. Right. So in, in your Loch Long and Loch Fine, you know, a good day might be five metres, right? And, and okay. very often it could be less than three. Or... Right. You could go like last Saturday, where the weather was absolutely horrendous, and we thought, oh, if we're just going to go, we'll see everything. We went underwater, and it was 20 metres plus. No way. Wow. <laughs> it's so variable. This is, I think that's probably why there's not more has been done about diving in Scotland, because you can't predict. Why do you think that was? Is it something to do with the currents? I have no clue. Genuinely, I have no clue, because the weather had been awful, and we genuinely thought, oh, we'll go, and we'll... We'll go and see what there is. It gets us out for the morning. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then we got under and it just opened up and you just thought, wow. Oh, and you, you can know. dive them all year round. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. You can. I mean, visibility is generally better in the winter. Um, right. I, I, again, not 100% sure why. I'm sure there's people will be able to explain it, but generally it's slightly better in the winter. Yeah. yeah. What about depth? So for kind of just new divers that have got their open water, is it? kind of quite accessible for certainly the loch long and loch fine there's something for everybody so the main dive sites on loch long uh, and loch fine you can do the reefs uh, generally the reefs are anywhere between kind of 10 meters and 30 meters so yeah. there's something for everyone um some of the other dive sites are a little bit deeper so you've got that for the guys that like to the folk that like to go a little bit deeper maybe a wee bit of deco diving a wee bit of tech diving there really is on these two lofts loch long and loch fine you know you talk about people going up to scarpa flow for a, a weekend a week diving and stuff like that you probably yeah. could come up to loch long and loch fine and you could do a week's diving and or certainly yeah. a long weekend diving in loch long and loch fine and going from dive site to dive site mm. and slightly different at each one and there's something for all levels of divers as well that there really genuinely is and if you want to go a wee bit further to Oban, um, there's a guy, there's a, pardon me, dive Oban in Argyle. Um, also the same guy as Baskin Shark Scotland. Um, yeah. Jane, he runs um, charters for divers up there. And you've got the Breeder Wreck, which is a phenomenal wreck. It is absolutely brilliant. It's an old cargo ship, sank during the Second World War. It sits, it sits in the seabed as if it had just went straight down. So it, it looks like a wreck. You know, it's sometimes when you see these wrecks, they're all twisted bits of metal. Yeah. And you go 
you kind of squint and you're going, oh, I kind of see an anchor there or that yeah. or something. This, you can see just about everything. Oh, wow. And, and it sits at nine metres to death. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it goes down to, you're, you're talking, you know, um, seabeds maybe 30, 32 metres. Yeah. But the deck level runs from about nine metres to about 18 metres and you can swim around it in one dive. It's just phenomenal. Uh, what was the record? The breather. breather. SS breather. And funnily enough, I've done a video on that one as well. <laughs> well, we'll have to look those up. <laughs> yeah. Plug that one. Um, but yeah, again, and these are all on the BBC. Uh, most of them are. So there's a. I've got. There is a a profile. I have my my own profile. That's thing. amazing. That's yeah. But they are. If you really want to send yourself to sleep at night and you're needing a, you're needing something to nod off to, oh, you can watch them and bore yourself with them. But uh, yeah, they're, they're on there, and you know, there's so much different stuff. There's there's um, a cracking drift dive as well at Oban Two called uh, the Falls of Laura. And it is not for the faint-hearted, but it is incredible. Is so it? it's basically where the it's it's at the mouth of a loch where the water comes in and comes out, and it's slack water. You can swim through this channel. Yeah, I think it is it the Menai Straits in Wales. Is that is that a dive? That's pretty tidal, isn't it? Right. Well, it's the same idea as that. You can only do it at certain times of the year and certain tides. But wow, what a dive! Honestly, <laughs> you go through it, and it's like you're going through canyons. And, and oh, it's wow. just incredible. And then when the tide does turn, you can feel it. You know, so we were we did it, we've done it a couple of times now. The first time I was oh I was I was terrified. <laughs> but, uh, we came out of the canyon and we'd been swimming out of it, and then suddenly we just like hit a brick wall. It was like hitting a brick wall, and the tide had just turned. And we both looked at each other, myself and my dive buddy went, Okay, we're going back the way then. And yeah. it just it just took you straight back out. It was just, you know. There is so much different diving in Scotland that people just just aren't aware of it, and you know, that sounds fantastic. Honestly, yeah. you could come up here and you could do a week's holiday diving, and you probably wouldn't hit all the gate. And that's only the ones if you like south of Fort William. Mm. Yeah. You've got like the Isle of Mull. Um, there's um, Loch Allen or Loch Allen. I'm never quite sure how to say so that. So, for people who haven't been, yep, I suppose the best advice is really to contact the local club. Uh, and then yeah. get in get in with a local club and uh you know go with somebody who knows the area really. Uh -huh. I mean most of the clubs that we've come across, whether it be Scotsack or Bizac or even the Paddy guys, I mean, everyone is really, really great. I mean, you, you talk to somebody and say, right, oh, I really want to go and dive the caves today, which is a dive site. Never dived it before in Loch Long. And, yeah. and if you go and message one of the clubs, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we've we've done that before. This is what you, local knowledge is absolutely yes, key. Yeah. So the other place I don't know if you guys use it much down down south, but it's Finstrokes, um, which is heard of it. Yeah, you heard of you if you haven't used it, that is one of the most incredible um, resources for diving, honestly. And it's got what is it's like basically it's a map of the UK because I'm, I'm sure it's um oh, I was getting England in it as well. And you just zoom into it, it's Google Maps, and there's like wee pin drops of where the dive site is. Yeah. you where to park, what the conditions are like underwater, what the yeah. depth are like. And it's written by divers. I mean, you know, you've got to take everything with a wee bit of a pinch of salt. You know, sometimes they, they say it's like, you know, 10 metres and actually you're down at 15 and stuff like that. But in general, it's such a, an incredible resource that if you're looking for a dive site, so if you're coming up to Scotland for a long weekend and you think, right, I'm going to base myself at Loch Lomond, Right, where can I dive? 
And all you need to do is you just go, right, there's Loch Lomond, and you can look at fin strokes and you can see the different dive sites and it tells you what level of diver it would be good for, you know, yeah. what to expect, conditions and stuff like that. It's such a great, great resource. We use it all the yeah. time. Even, oh, even dive sites we've done before, I sometimes go back on before we get there and go, right, okay, oh yeah, I remember that then. Yeah, yeah we'll have to look that one up because it's... Honestly, uh, uh, I think they, I think there's a lot of dive sites as well for England. Um, obviously, I've not really dived much in England, but I'm pretty certain there is for that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and everyone's so good. I mean, the diving community in Scotland is is genuinely pretty good. You get your politics, you know, like every, like every everywhere, you know. But generally, if you ask a question, and people will be quite happy for you to, yes, you know, yeah. come along with us. We're going to. You seem experience. pretty confident in the, you know, in your diving and things that you do. But what? know what sort of tests you you know what gets you out of your comfort zone honestly when you, yeah um, when you're diving deco deco mm-hmm. deco um, time so when i started diving and really started diving you know people dream of going to like the great barrier reef and that was obviously where we were planning going but as soon as i really started diving i always knew i wanted to go to scarpa flow I'm a big total history geek. I love yeah. the first and second world war. Scarpa flow is where I wanted to go. I need to go and dive these wrecks. So I did my, I eventually did my master diver, which gets me my 40 meters, which means I could go. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, see that that when you start to see the deco time racking up a little bit on your computer, those first few minutes where you start to go, oh, oh, okay, yeah, right. There's a wee bit of, Mm. and you get a wee feeling that like okay i can't just go straight up now you know for the first couple of minutes when you start doing your decompression stop that that first couple of minutes where it's like i've got to stay here for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or when we were diving in the wrecks at scarpa we were it was technical it was technical diving you're you're in decompression there was times when we were doing up to like 20 minutes decompression time hanging on the line you know the first few minutes of the in your head, you're thinking, I've got to wait here for 20 minutes. If something goes wrong mm-hmm. and I go up early, I'm going to the pot. You know, that that sometimes really, that yeah. the first well, few minutes. It's quite sobering, though. Now you've done it, you're, you know the implications, don't you? It's, it's can't what take sort of depth are you going at? For, so for me personally, I tend to stick to around, for my normal dives, everyday dives, I, I'm sticking to around 25, 30 metres tops. Yeah, that's where the life is. That's I, I like to take pictures <laughs> of, you know, the crabs, the starfish, you know. So that's where the life is. Yeah. If I want to go to somewhere like the wrecks, I'll only really go deep if there's a wreck to go to. You know, if there's something to, if I know that there's something down there, I'm not going down there for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, I'll go to forty meters, um, and I'll happily go to forty meters. I've got no problem going. It's just when you start to see the deco that that first couple of minutes that you think. And then I calm myself down and I'm like, right, everything's fine and you're used to it. So we did, I did a good few days at Scarpa and I was in deco for every dive, but that first couple of minutes of the decompression stop each mm-hmm. time, you know, that wee bit where you're like, oh, okay, need to wait. But that and, and going into Rex, I, I'm very, I know where my limits are. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that my limit's 40 metres and that's all, that's what I'll go to. I know that, yeah, I might, like the look of that 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 wheel inside that wreck there. I quite fancy a photo of that, but I'm not going in there. Do you know? I, I know. I, I was diving with a guy, uh, Scarpa, who a guy DD, who is just a phenomenal, phenomenal diver and a phenomenal guy, and he has got qualifications 
as long as your arm. And he was fantastic. He was just like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't really want to hold you back. You know, I know DD like to go inside the Rex and stuff. And he's like, no, no, I don't mind. That's fine. You know, and, and diving with somebody with that experience was great. You know, yeah. towards the end of the week, what we'd kind of, what we kind of said was he had said, look, I can take you in if you want and, and I'll line it out and we can do it all by the book. And I said, look, I, I really don't fancy it. And he went, mm. absolutely fine. So that's fine. So we did the couple of the wrecks and he says, look, do you mind this wreck? I really would like to have a look inside one of the turrets. Do you mind if I go in? And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. I'll, you tell me where you're going to go in and where you're going to come out. And I will just swim, if you like, <laughs> I'll swim next to it. And, and I'll get you at the other side or I'll just wait for you. And that's really good because you know your limits and you're not dictated to by anybody but yourself. I, I think that's that's one of the things. You, yeah, there's, there is, there is I found a couple of different people. There's a kind of macho thing. Look at how deep I can go and, you know, I've done this and I've, I've went for this long and stuff like that. And, and you do, you, you know, you do want to get your hundredth dive and you do want to get your number of dives up, but there comes a point where you go, right, that's plenty. I know my limits. I know, you know, I've got friends that um, that run dive show, shops and, and are instructors and like, oh, come and do your Trimax and, you know, come and do your Deco 50 course. And I'm like, I don't want to do a Deco 50 course. And we've got the U-boats as well on the East Coast. There's a couple of amazing U-boats on the East Coast that, uh, in fact, there's actually one at Arran. Um, so we are, we are, we live not far from uh, the island of Arran, and there's a U-boat, I think, just on the south tip of it, the southeast tip, uh, and I think it sits in about 80, 80 metres of water, something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, oh, if, if you come and do these courses, and you, you know, and I'm like, you know, I would love to see a U-boat. I mean, there is nothing I would absolutely love to, yeah. but I don't really want to go to 50 metres, 60 metres, 70 metres. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen my wrecks at Scarpa. I've, 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 that's always been my goal. Yeah. At the moment, you know, I've I've hit my limit. I want to focus yeah. on making my nice photos, kind of, <laughs> and and just focus on that. You know. Well, that's a good way for you to, you know, be and you know, it's a sensible option. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. That's not to say anyone else shouldn't do it. Absolutely, if you want to do it, absolutely go for it. I mean, but yeah, stick to your limits, I, and you're never dictated to by someone else. You've got to do it for yourself, haven't you? Well, you know yeah. when you're comfy to do it. I think it's also who you've got around you, you know, in terms of your dive buddies and your friends and stuff like that. You know, the the group that I said it earlier, you know, the friends that we have made out of diving has just been phenomenal. I mean, we have we've got such a great group of friends now, you know, and they know, you know, they can turn around and say to me, right, Ross, I don't I don't want to do the dive today, I'm not feeling it, or look, I only want to stick to 15 meters. And I mm. can say, I know I can say to them, listen, folks, yeah. I, I don't really want to go the other day. I, I don't feel that dive. I, I don't. You know, it's finding the right people to dive with as well. It you is. want people to push you. Don't get me wrong. You, you do want people at times to go, oh, come on, you'll be all right. You'll be absolutely fine. But you also need the folk that to go, look, I'm not feeling this today. Yes, yeah. Let's like, yeah. not bother. You know, you, yeah. you want to encourage people to get out and do stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to push them too far if you can avoid it. So yeah. would you say that's a, a nugget to take away from this podcast, would you say? I think, yeah. I think the nugget is do what's right for you. Because I think I was looking at some of the questions that you guys sometimes ask, and that was the one that, that kept coming back to. Yeah. Find what works for you, you know, whether that's photography and taking it in auto, or whether it's you, you know, just using video lights instead of strobes. Um personally i dive on independent 12s so 
you know, I've had no end of abuse <laughs> and, and, and ribbons from people saying, oh, you should have a manifold in your 12s, you know, don't dive independence. And I'm like, no, I quite like my independent 12s, you know, that works for me. Mm-hmm. I can positives in, in manifolds, but independence work, work fine. And it's what you're comfortable yeah. with as well. That's it's what I'm comfortable with. And, and I, I totally get, and as I say, I've been so when you say independence, to be clear, they're not uh, side mounted, they're on your no. back. They're essentially, yeah, they're essentially two side mounts on my back. Okay. So all it is, is is, I I describe it to folk, it's basically just two 12s. Yeah. One 12 with a big pony 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a big 12, a a 12 litre cylinder with a pony cylinder, which just happens to also be a 12. Yeah. So it means that I've got to, you know, I've got to manage my gas. So I've got to balance the two out halfway through a dive. So I know that if I breathe down 50 bar in one, I'll, I'll then switch. Do you dive on your own? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, that's one You're thing. Not self-reliant. No, I don't. I, I'm going. I'm, that's the one course that I'm considering. Uh, I'm definitely thinking about doing a self-reliant course just to do a wee bit more, you know, to improve my own knowledge for photography and stuff like that. But no. But why? No, why didn't you want to go down the manifold route? Because at the time, no one else in the club was diving manifold. Um, I didn't have any real friends that could give me the kind of how to do it and how to go down it I, I, somebody had says try this why don't if you're not really sure about manifold why don't you try to independence a couple of the guys in the club had dived it before it seems to be a club thing for people mm. independent so clubs. when you um so you've got independent gauges sbo you've got independent regulators yes on them uh what alternates on both uh, no just one in each so one in each so it's not maybe so probably um if there's a problem with one of the tanks, the dive's over. I always so you, if your buddy needed air, they would go to your service to, tank? Yes, they would go to the spare one. Essentially, they would go to the pony tank. Yeah. Right. It's not It's not necessarily the done thing, um, but it, it certainly works for me. Um, and it's again, it's been listening to other people and talking to other people and finding out what works for them. So a lot of the guys, yeah. there's a few people that dive independence up here in Scotland. Um, it's definitely not the done thing. And hopefully when I do eventually do my the solo diver um, course, it might be something that I look into. Yeah. yeah. So, and when you're using your air and you're yep. getting down, at what stage do you swap over to your, onto the other one? I usually go for 50 bar at a time. So if yeah. I start at 200 bar in each tank, I'll swap over at 150 bar in one, and then I'll breathe the other one down to 150, swap back. To keep them balanced. Swap. Just to keep them balanced, just to keep them balanced. And yeah. as I say, it kind of works for me. It basically means that I've generally got more, if you like, in the first dive for definite. Yes. Do you always dive with two independents? Yep, yep, pretty much always. Um, I moved from my single setup with a pony um, to eventually just going, well, do you know what? I'm going to go to two independents and, and just do it that way. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it's, it's worked so far for me. I've, I've never come across anything that, um, any issues that I've had with it. As I say, it's not the done thing. It's, it's definitely not the done thing. And I don't, you know, you don't recommend it to everybody, you know, to folk to do. You you find, if you get the chance to go try Manifold, go and do that. And I will, I, eventually I will. Um, but at the moment, it's, it kind of works for me. Yeah. Really. And that, that's with a, a standard wing setup. Yeah, so actually it's a, a I use the AP... Oh, the AP dive and the buddy one, um, air wing, the tech wing, the tech okay. wing, 
which is just, you know, Buddy has got such a, a great name in, in UK diving over the yeah. years, bomb-proof. So I kind of looked at various different ways and different ones, and eventually the Buddy one came up and I thought, well, I can swap between the the double tanks, the, the, the double kind of cam band, and right. I can get between a single cam band if I ever really wanted to. So yeah. you can actually take it out and swap it over. So I don't need to have like two back plates or two two brackets or anything like that. It's just one wing. And if I need to, I can take out the double cam bands and put on my single one if I really want to. And yeah. It's a wing, it's, a, it's it's still a wing and a back plate essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, but and but so- I guess it doesn't really matter as long as you you're happy with it. And you know, when you do I presume when you're um getting geared up, do you still do a buddy check? And well, so you everything. so um, you you know your your dive buddy knows what to do and things? Every every time. So we I've got my kind of regular dive buddies. Um and even before we go in, we always do a quick check. You know, right? Have you got this? And generally, it's because you've forgotten something. So you step in the water and you go, <laughs> right? Oh, I forgot my weights. Okay, right. Back, back to the. You know, it's such a. We always do it. We we've never gone into the water without doing a body check and just explaining. And if you're diving with somebody for the first time or one of the other guys in the club who you don't regularly dive with, maybe you have to try and explain it. So weight wise, what what would you use with with those two tanks? Around between kind of ten. 10 to 12 kilo. The yeah. problem with the, the, the one downside to the buddy um, BCD is it's got so much material on it. It's got yeah. so much, you know, um, so it's so buoyant as well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I've dropped a huge amount. I could probably do with dropping a little bit of weight. I could probably get away with dropping a little bit of weight yeah. uh, off my, my my lead and off my own personal physique as well. I could do you got a back plate in there? Uh, no. So it's a plastic back plate. So that's okay. why you also need a little bit more. You don't have the steel back plate that you do in a kind of standard wing uh, right. set up. As it's a BCD, but a wing, if you like, yeah. one inflation as opposed to the actual uh, back plate and wing. It's one one unit, if you like. Okay, that's um, interesting. Interesting. So you, yeah. Honestly, that they are so comfy. I, I, you know, you look at them and you think, do I want you know the X Deep stuff looks incredible. The the Scuba Pro X Tech is it X Tech Tech whatever it is, the Scuba Pro stuff, all of these look great. They really, really do. The Apex stuff looks brilliant. Yeah. But I, I just found that the Buddy one was just so comfortable. Um, again, it's probably not the standard choice for a, a twin set, you know, rig. You know, people generally like the steel back plate and be able to, you know, to unclip it and take the tanks apart and stuff like that. But, you know, the biggest, the always, the always thing I say is find what works for you, you know. Yeah. You know, oh, there's so many different, you know, there's so many different opinions in diving and stuff like that, and every one of them has their own merit, you know, and it's just finding what, what works for yeah, you. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know? So so you just saying about your um, buddies, if you could take three people diving, who would you take? Obviously, was, they don't have to be divers, but yeah. Well, well, one of them definitely isn't a diver um, and probably won't be for about maybe 14 years, but I think I would definitely have to take my daughter. I would love to, you know, eventually teach Hannah to dive. Well, not me personally. Um, I'd probably be a nervous wreck if I was teaching her how to dive, but, you know, I would like, I'd love to take my daughter eventually um, in years to come. So hopefully she will enjoy it as much as we do. Um, hopefully. I was thinking about it. I mean, the these are kind of this is cheating a little bit, but the guys that I dive with on a regular basis, you know, I wouldn't change those guys for anything. You know, there's such a great group. Um, 
and they have got the patience of saints. You know, my dive buddies really do have the patience of saints. They're quite happy to hang about while, as I keep saying, take that 17th photo of the same crab, but for a slightly different angle. They just <laughs> hang about and they just go, oh, there's Ross taking a photo again. I genuinely wouldn't change them for anything. If you were to push me, I would go for somebody like uh, Becky Short. Um, Becky Cag, is it Cag? Kagan Short, yeah. Uh, yeah. Her photography is just incredible. I mean, the Great Lakes, uh, the wreck photography is just out of this world. I would love to go diving with what I would class as a real photographer, you know, and learn from a real photographer and, and see. Yeah. yeah. The guy, I don't know if he's a comic, another guy, this is really cheating because this is four, but there's a guy, Alex Dawson, who dives in Sweden and his photography is just out of this world. I mean, don't get me wrong, I guess the visibility is slightly better as well in mm. Scotland. It can be really obviously at five meters, you're not going to get much of a wreck. But Alex Dawson and Becky, Becky Shot is just is just incredible. I'd love yeah. to do with real photographers and, and and see a professional at work and see somebody that's really yeah. No, really I totally agree. Yeah. You know. yeah, we've had Becky on the podcast. I've heard I've listened to that one a, a wee while back, and she speaks so well. And listening to the passion that she's got for it, yeah, it's yeah. Pretty awesome. yeah. It's just it's just brilliant. It really is. I love listening to other people and you know getting their hearing about their journeys and, and their passions for it as well. It's just yeah. it's quite yeah. inspirational, actually. You know, it is, like, yeah. So, it is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. No. No. People of the world. Yeah, they've got so yeah. many different experiences. But if you had like a billboard that you could put out there to the whole world, either above water or underwater, what sort of message would you put on it? Obviously, it could be photography or a message, written message or a video. I, I would cheat. So I would go for, again, I was thinking about this as well. I would go for like a slideshow. And what I would do is I would get the Scottish photographers the, the guys that really know what they're doing so you've got guys like James there I've, I've written them down here because these guys are genuinely incredible photographers. This man's prepared, I like this No, but because I was looking at this and I'm thinking I don't want to miss anybody out because there are so many great photographers in Scotland that are doing so many great stuff so I'm going to miss folk out but like I would have like a, a slideshow and there's guys like James Lynott, uh, Alistair Adele, Mark Kirkland, Peter Petrie and Mike Clark. These guys are just incredible. And it would be like a, a slideshow of their, photo their, their their Scottish photography. Yeah. And I would probably put underneath it, this is Scotland almost. You know, and just say, look, this is Scotland as well. You know, it's not just about our, our hills and our castles and stuff like that. Everyone knows about the hills. Everyone knows about the castles. You know, everyone knows about our natural beauty landscapes but this is scotland as well this is this is underwater scotland and it just be i think you know these guys are familiar. flag flag yeah would you have the flag up oh the salt iron oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely no i mean just be it's, it's just one of these things i am so so genuinely passionate about like you know raising the profile of scottish diving it's and uk diving as a whole i think I think cold water diving is genuinely yeah. underrated. I think it is so underrated. And I think I heard you guys talking about it with uh, Ranva and stuff like that. If, if there's one positive, and certainly in the dive industry, to come out of COVID, 
in that, that, that horrible couple of years is people became more aware of what's on our doorstep, you know, whether that be like local walks and stuff, but I think for divers, it's local dive sites as well. Yeah, definitely, you know, definitely, definitely. Would maybe travel a couple of hours, you know, in a plane, which is not wrong, by the way, I'd love to jump in a plane and then go to Egypt or something like that, but you know, drive a couple hours and go to the coast. You're never, what is it, what is it they say in the UK? You're never more than a few hours drive for the, the sea. You are blessed up there because you've got some great yeah. dives up we there, great that. landscapes as well. And uh, the fact that you can dive all year round, you know, we've got such a short window on mm. our East Coast. In fact, most of our East Coast can't dive anytime. Um, oh, so, yeah. you know, you, you're very fortunate and, um, you know, uh, a beautiful part of the world. Uh, I think we forget that. I genuinely think us divers in Scotland forget that. I think that we we sometimes, certainly some of the older guys in the club, um, you know, you say, oh, I'm going up to Loch Long this weekend, you fancy coming, and you get the kind of, oh, don't, oh up there again, oh, I've done that before. Oh. And you go, but it's incredible, you know. Yeah. You never know what you're, you genuinely never know what you're going to find. You yeah. can go to the same dive site two days in a row and get something completely different. And that's the beauty of, yeah, this diving that could be the title of this uh, this episode come to scotland and you'll find something completely different uh-huh i mean the, the 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 best example i always come back to is the 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 bobtail uh, sorry the bobtail squid at loch fine the the dive sites and cats i've dived at oh 30 40 times something like that and and honestly i had never seen a bobtail squid until my dive buddies like prodding me going look over there and honest to God, we spent, we were down about 35 metres this time, and eventually she had to come and, like, shake me and go, right, come on, that's enough, right, you've had enough taking photos of that. <laughs> I had never seen anything like that there. I'd never seen a bobtail squid, and I was absolutely mesmerised. And I came out the dive, and I was like, oh, my God, I've dived here 25, 30 times, and, and it still, you know, it yeah. still excites me. I was there on Saturday, and I saw the most massive lobster, and, you know, you're, you're, you're like, oh, my God you're trying to get the camera in and you're trying to get the photo and you're going, look, look, and you're going, oh, you know, it's, you never know what you're going to find. No. You could go well, in and you could see maybe your hand. Some days you'll maybe just see your hand and then some days you'll see like three or four congrials or you'll see a bobtail squid or you'll see a lobster. It's just, and that's what keeps you going back for more. That's what you remember when it's pissing yeah. the rain. It's <laughs> half eight on a Sunday morning in the middle of December and you're going, oh, what am I doing here? Why am I here? What have I done? And you go in the water and you go, oh my God, that's so worth it. It's uh, done. It is. It is. It's just incredible. It really no, it's is. been um, well, it. really good. So if people want to find out more about you, where do they, um, where can they go? Well, if they want to be put to sleep at night, <laughs> they can have a wee look in the BBC The Social um, and just type in BBC The Social Ross McLaren into Google and it kind of takes you up to my Sounds very professional, doesn't it? My my BBC profile. Very uh, good. <laughs> it's good. No, it's it's uh, eleven short videos that really will send you to sleep, but it gives you an idea, um, and you'll see why when I say I'm no expert in, in underwater photography. <laughs> you'll see the shaky camera and everything, um, and Instagram is pretty much my main place where I like to post my um, semi-respectable photos that that, that come out. Um, so it's underwater.ross. And after quite a while of people saying to me, you really should set up a Facebook page and a Twitter for it as well. I have I have set up a Facebook and a Twitter 
Um, it's just underwater Ross as well. Yeah, um, great. It's the same trap photos that I put on Instagram as it will go on there as well. So you only need to look at one of the two <laughs> if you're really that way inclined, <laughs> if you really fancy it. But yeah, it's honestly, it's it's really great. You know, what you guys are doing as well, you know, talking to the, the, the inspirational divers, like, you know, like, like Becky and Ranva and uh, Christina Zanato, you know, talking to these guys is, is, is phenomenal for us to listen. But when, when like, like yourself, you, you get an email saying, would you like to come on and talk? And you think, what am I going to talk about? I mean, diving. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> diving. I take crap photos of Scottish locks. What, what do you really want to talk to me about? You know? Yeah, so, but look at everything you've said. It's just yeah. been, yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's great that you guys are, are getting involved with, like, I feel like normal divers as well, you know, because yeah, there's so many stories. Everyone's got, a, every diver's got a story. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's it's it's great, so. Yeah. yeah um, well, it's been, yeah, super having you on and your enthusiasm is just like. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, thank you so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It, it really means it means a lot. It genuinely does mean a lot. And listen, if you guys are ever up this way, please. Oh yes, up, please. Yeah, we'll give you a shout. Yeah, and you, do you do childcare at all as well? You <laughs> childcare, free childcare? No. But honestly, anyone, if anyone, yeah, nice try. Hi, <laughs> mine are now grown up. I don't have to worry too much about that. <laughs> right, excellent. You've got experience then. Excellent. Right, you're you're sold. That's great. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> if anyone does see if anyone does ever want to get in touch or about Scottish diving and stuff, I, I am not an expert, but you know, feel free. Well, anyone can send me a message, and if yeah. I don't know the answer, I'll try and find somebody that I can point you in the right direction. Yeah, that's brilliant. Know the answer. Do you know? Yeah, I mean? no, that's great, and I think people listening will be yeah wanting to hot foot it up to yeah Scotland and try these sea locks because yeah. it's yeah. just yeah. They'll They'll get up here and they'll take their, they'll put their head under the water and they'll see nothing and they'll go, oh, I listen to that Scottish guy in that podcast. God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. It's uh, no. We we've spoken to Elaine Whiteford, another photographer. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you know, and she was I just actually come across Elaine. To be honest with you, I, I've I've heard the I heard the podcast on it, but I never I've not actually come across Elaine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she's other places. Yeah, so maybe you'll bump into her one day yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah. You bump yeah. into so many people in the dive sites and it's so, it's great for it really. It is. Yeah, no, but no, it's been fab having you on and just, yeah, thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you very much for your time. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Alrighty, we're back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, so I want to say thank you very much to Ross for yes. coming on and uh, get, you know, giving us his time to chat to us about his diving. Yeah, he's certainly a friend of the podcast and he's recommended some future guests as yeah. well, which is lovely. Yeah, it is. And... Um, you know, uh, certainly fills you with enthusiasm to go to Scotland and go and dive yeah. Uh, up there. Yeah, he's very lucky. Was, yeah. uh, Some beautiful um, places to dive up there. <laughs> I thought it was Jimmy the Fish. Um, so Gemma's actually just trying to catch the eye of strange men as we sit here. It's great, isn't it? I'm glad I didn't wait. So I just leave and uh, let you chat this guy up. I'll go red now. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't put my hand up. Oh dear. Right, anyway, moving and on. And no editing, this, this stays in. Yes, it's fine. <laughs>
So there we go. All happens here when we're when we're on location. On location, location. <laughs> Gemma tries to eye, eye up strange men. Anybody on a bike? Yeah. That'll do. They're breathing. Oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, back to diving. Back to diving. We've got Come a podcast on. here. Yes. I've got a red face now. <laughs> anyway, hope you enjoyed that and I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to look us up on Instagram and don't forget to leave us a review. Um, you know, we ain't had a review for ages. Come no, on, we what's, keep going on with our, what's going on with our <laughs> listeners? You all keep downloading us. Thank you very much. But come on, leave us a review. Yeah. That's all we. doesn't cost anything apart from a few seconds. Then leave us a. Uh, Five star review, it just helps us get found. Yeah, and a lot of you we know we'll love you forever more. A lot of people do listen on Apple, so they they can leave a review. So come on. Um, Apart from that, we want to say thank you very much for downloading. Thanks for for listening as always. And uh, you make these things all worth it. Yeah. Letting us know that you're there. And have a super week ahead. And if you're diving, let us know where you're going. Yes, yes. Send us a message. Hopefully. Hopefully get some diving in maybe next week. Yeah, yeah. next weekend. We'll see what's happening on the local coast. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Look forward to that. So uh, anyway, we'll speak to you soon and um, be safe with whatever you're doing. And uh, we'll speak to you on the next one. Yep. Thanks for downloading. That was the Big Scuba Podcast. (laughs) Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.